0: Inspired by the C.S. Lewis book, Mere Christianity, this podcast is about why I believe what I believe. Welcome to Bear Christianity. Well, hello, beloved friends in podcast land. Today, we're going to be talking about the last day of the seven days of creation. We will finish up Genesis 1, and actually... The last day of creation is is mentioned in the first few verses of Genesis chapter 2. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, the the seventh day, the day of rest. Now, you can always connect with me, bearchristianity at gmail.com or on Instagram at therealbearmartin. And I'm on Twitter at Bear for Christos. Now, usually I do a Bear in the Woods here and just share random stuff about life. This is not really a Bear in the Woods segment, but this and, and I got the music going here, the goofy music, but this is this is a serious announcement, so I'm not uh, not joking about this one. But for this podcast, I have released 74 episodes in 74 weeks. And I'll be honest with you, the last couple of months, it's been pretty taxing. This deadline kind of hits quicker and quicker each week. So uh, I release on Tuesday morning, and there's been several Monday nights where I'm, I'm wrapping up um, getting everything ready, you know, notes in the in the episode notes sometimes, or even recording on Monday night, just because I had I've had a busy weekend, that sort of thing. So you may know where I'm going with this. I am not quitting this podcast at all. I, I love doing this, and uh, I feel like the the Lord has blessed it. I, you know, I've shared this in the past, but. I am one of the few people, probably in the whole world, who does not pay any money monthly to have the um, my podcast hosting site uh, hold, these, hold this data so that you can download it. Most people that have a podcast have to pay a monthly fee. Just the way that the Lord worked it out, I don't have to pay anything for this. I also love doing a podcast and would encourage you to consider a podcast of any kind because... And this this is quite morbid, but if something was to happen to me, then I, I have basically forced myself to get this uh, this information down so that my kids have hours and hours and hours to go back at, at some point in their life as they get older and listen to this and, and get to know me a little bit better in a, in a way. And so doing this type of thing, even if you never share it, even if you never put it out there, even if you just sh- save it as as audio files on your computer uh, it can be a really cool thing just as far as uh, like thinking about like leaving a legacy stuff like that so i really enjoy um, that aspect of doing a podcast even if no one else out there listened um, this is still something that my kids will have uh, if, if something was to happen to me or even if i live to be an, a a really old man um, maybe my my grandkids or my great-grandkids can uh can listen to this stuff so Anyway, uh, I love doing all this, but the the weekly deadline is quite exhausting. I'm I'm involved in a lot of things, and and it is starting to affect other areas of life where where I'm trying to, you know, meet this deadline on on weekend mornings and and getting every you know do some studying then. And I'd rather spend time with my family, honestly. So <laughs> so um, so anyway, so I'm still gonna do episodes, but this will be really important. They won't be weekly like on the dot. And so the important thing would be to turn on, make sure notifications are turned on on whatever podcast app you listen to. If you go to like the main page of Bear Christianity, there should be a little option to turn on notifications. So when I release a new episode, you'll get like a little alert message on your phone and uh, and you'll know a new one's been released. Now, um, more episodes to come, of course, and they'll probably be on various topics. So right now... Um, I'm involved with a few men's Bible studies, but I also correspond privately with different people, and so I'm I'm interacting with a few Jehovah's Witnesses right now, and also a, a Muslim guy sent me a video that I'll probably turn into a podcast episode where it's like this little clip of a Christian who converted to Islam, and um, and basically I'll just play that clip and then make some comments on that. Um, so that's that's coming up. That a few things coming up there. So that's kind of where I'm where I'm headed. And I look forward to this kind of new phase of the Bear Christianity podcast. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, and then email me any any questions or topics that come up as you're studying the Bible or maybe interacting with people who don't believe what you believe, and uh, and I'd love to help you out there. All right. Okay, the main scripture for today is Genesis one verse 31, and then into chapter 2, verse 3. So Genesis one thirty-one through 2, 3. "'And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done.' So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So uh, just a few different points that I'll pull from this passage here. First off, God finished his work. God always accomplishes his purposes. Four times in this passage... It either says God finished it or he had completed all the work that he had done. So that, that that idea that God finished his creative work is listed four times there. In Philippians one six. it says this, and Paul says this to the Christians in Philippi, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of... Of Jesus Christ. So God is, He has an ultimate purpose for everything. Nothing in your life is pointless. God has a purpose for everything that happens. Every situation is known by God, and it was known by God before He created the world. And so you can trust God in any situation that you are in, that God is not surprised. He's not, you know, stumbling around in heaven trying to figure out a way to make all this good. He already knows, knew it would happen. And so you can trust God in all situations that he has an ultimate purpose and and he is working that purpose. Now, that does not mean you're a robot and it does not take away from your responsibility to make a decision to obey God and to trust God in those situations. So we are never, we, we are told in scripture very clear that God knows all things that will happen. He has ordained them before the foundation of the world. But we are never given the excuse in Scripture that we that that we can just say, well, God made me this way, so this is why I don't believe, or this is why I, I do this sin, because God made me that way. No, that is never an excuse given to the person in Scripture, that we are always told to repent, and obey God. And so that is our responsibility. All the while knowing that in any situation, God is still in control and he is not caught off guard. So that is that should be comfort for the believer, but it, it is never to be used as an excuse for the unbeliever. So remember, God always finishes his work. He finishes what he starts. Now, the next point I want to make is that rest is ordained by God. So it says that God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So He blessed this Sabbath day. Exodus twenty, verses eight through eleven. This is where this is the Ten Commandments um, that Moses is giving the people in the in the wilderness after He leads them out of Egypt. And it says this: Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So I've talked about blessing a few times when God blesses something that there is fullness of life in that. So when when God when God blesses the Sabbath day, that means that when we fall in line and and take that day of rest, there is blessing in that. And so a day of rest is needed and it also will will bring a fullness of life, better life if you will take that day of rest. Now, this applies even to people that don't believe in God. Um, this this world, thing, because because they are still living in the world God created. And, and He is their Lord, whether they acknowledge Him as Lord or not. So this world thinks that it needs another day to accomplish all of its work. But observing a day of rest will produce blessing. I think a great model of this is Chick-fil-A. Everybody knows Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. I looked. I had heard this stat before, and then I had to go look it up to, to just make sure I had all the details right. So um, like towards the end of 2017, 2018, right around that time period... There was a study done, and it it looked at per restaurant, so average production per Chick-fil-A restaurant, because Chick-fil-A has a lot less buildings than McDonald's and things like that. But per restaurant, on average, Chick-fil-A earned more in one year than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway, like one of their average restaurants, McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined so one Chick Fil A earned more than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined uh, over the course of a year, and they only work six days, wh- whereas all the other ones are open seven. So there is blessing when we observe this day of rest. Now, the Sabbath rest, the the seventh day of rest, is not supposed to be restrictive. So the Pharisees were were trying to you know make up all these extra laws, and they and they were burdens on the people. And there were, a lot of them had to do with what you could and could not do on the Sabbath day. You could only walk a certain distance. Um, they were constantly arguing with Jesus about him healing people on the Sabbath day. I mean, how how ridiculous, how hardened do you have to be to <laughs> Jesus heals this paralyzed man or this blind man, or, you know, he healed a lot of people on the Sabbath. And instead of rejoicing that this person is healed, you're, you're getting mad at Jesus for you know, I'm using air quotes here, working on the Sabbath. Jesus, in response to this, he says in Mark 2, 27 and 28, and he said to them, that is, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was made to be a blessing. It was, it, the, this day of rest was given to us by God to be a blessing for, for our own good, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We are not, you know, the, the, God did not ordain the, the Sabbath day to be a curse and to be restrictive, somehow taking away from the fullness of life that we would have if we could just do whatever we wanted on, on this seventh day. Know that it was made. It's a blessing from God. Now, here's a personal question. Obviously, as a New Testament believer, our our day of rest is on Sunday, where we come together and worship God. A personal question for you: Do you view going to church on Sunday as restrictive and in and basically like in the way of all the other plans you have to do? Do you do you see uh, Sunday going to church, you know, setting aside that day? Do you see that as restrictive? Or do you view that as a blessing? Do you view it as a time of rest and you look forward to fellowshipping with God's people you know, in God's house on Sunday? So just a personal question for you out there. How, how are you viewing this day of rest in your, in your own life? Now, God blessed the seventh day. We just talked about that, but He also made it holy. And holy, a very basic definition of holy is to, when you make something holy, you set it apart. It is different. It is it is set apart. Um, another word that's that's associated with that would be sanctified. So the, God sanctified this seventh day. The Sabbath day was different from all the other days. So many days in creation conclude with, you know, God saw that it was good. On the sixth day, he saw that it was very good. But only the seventh day does it say that God made it holy, that he sanctified it. And for the Christian, this, this word sanctification or to, to be made holy, it is, it's talking about a growth in holiness. We are set apart from the world. We will be different from the world. And so the more mature a Christian grows, there likely there should be a difference between that, the way that that Christian lives life compared to the general culture of the world. Because they are being made holy as they seek to obey the Lord. And so their their lives will change, and, and there will be a difference there. So that, that's kind of a word study there on what it means to be made holy. Now another way to think of the word holy, I mean, God is called holy, and R.C. Sproul loves to say that that it's only the word holy that is used three times. Uh, when the angels are before the throne of God, they cry out, "Holy, holy, holy," is the Lord God Almighty. So that 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 three the use of that word three consecutive times is emphasizing God's holiness. God, as our Creator, is set apart from us. He is completely different from us. And so he chooses um, to send his son, the second person of the Trinity, to send his son to be to take on flesh, and and in that way we we can know God better. Jesus reveals who God is to us. I talked about that some in in previous weeks, but. Um, but God is set apart. He is holy from us. He is different from us. So you cannot think of God as just the man upstairs that, uh, that thinks and acts and does things just like we may think and act. God is different. His, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Um, he is different. He is holy. And so we must honor him as holy. The next thing I want to talk about is that rest is not needed by God. So I, I remember as a kid, I'm like, did God really have to like take a break from working? He's God. He's all powerful. And so, no, rest is not needed by God. God, God does this and and blesses this day. So that and then He, you know, Moses is going to apply this to our lives. Uh, like I've already read that verse in Exodus 20. So. God is all powerful. He doesn't get stressed out. He doesn't like run out of breath if he cuz he's cuz he's sprinting too fast. Mentally, he doesn't get worn out, you know. He doesn't take his glasses off after being on the computer all day and just kind of rub between his eyes and rub his forehead cuz he's got a headache. No, God, that does, that stuff doesn't happen to God. He doesn't need Rest. Um, What it means here is God rested from creating anything new. So he is still upholding the universe. Colossians 1.17 talks about Jesus as our creator, and then it says, "...and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together." Paul in Athens talking to the you know philosophically elite people of the day he quotes poetry of of their time and uh, but he he uses it to refer to a truth about God and he says in act 17:28 in Him, that is, in God, we live and move and have our being. So, God, in in that way of upholding the universe, in that sense, He is always working. If God took His hand off of our universe, it would cease to exist. So He is actively sustaining us. This is very different from what a de- how a Deist views god the the classic illustration for what deists believe is that god is like a, a clockmaker he made the world you know spin, spun it and then just kind of stepped away and you know what happens happens that that is not the idea of the biblical god biblically god is actively um, holding all things together I mentioned this earlier, but Jewish leaders hated Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. John 5, 17 and 18 uh, gives a, j- just one example of when they're arguing with Jesus about healing on the Sabbath. It says, But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus says, listen, you you guys are getting on me for healing on the Sabbath, but my father is always working and I am always working. And, and he's making himself equal with God, the father. And, and so that was a major problem, obviously, for the Jewish leaders. Now, from here, you know, we've got the seven days of creation. And from here, creation is very good. That is proclaimed by God on the sixth day. And then on the seventh, God rests from his creative work. There are no flaws. There's nothing to fix. Everything is perfect. Mankind, the pinnacle of God's creation, made in his own image to represent him in the world that he created. Mankind brings sin into the world. Now, again, God was not Caught off guard by Adam and Eve's sin, he he did not, you know, that Adam and Eve sinned, and so now they've ruined everything, and now God needs a backup plan, and so he he's again he's scrambling around heaven, and he thinks, aha, uh, how about Jesus? We'll we'll send him to to make all this right. No, Jesus is not the backup plan. He's not Plan B. I'm going to read several verses here that all have before the foundation of the world as a basic concept within them. So, you know, these these will be several verses here in a row, but I just want you to see this very clear. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21. Are in God, so Jesus and the the sacrifice that He would be as, as that of a lamb without blemish or spot. We are we are ransomed from our sin with the precious blood of Christ. That's what Peter's talking about. He says this was foreknown before the foundation of the world. In Ephesians one three through six it says this: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. John seventeen twenty four. This is when Jesus is praying to God the Father. right before he's going to be betrayed by Judas. So John 17, 24, Jesus says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Now, Matthew 25 speaks of final judgment. So the Lord will come back and he will separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep will be on the right, the goats on the left. The Basically, the sheep are the believers, the goats are the unbelievers. Matthew 25 verse 34 says this, Then the king will say to those who are on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So, God's purpose, he he had a purpose for everything before the foundation of the world. Before he ever created, God knew what was going to happen with Adam and Eve's sin. He knew that Jesus would be the lamb slain for the forgiveness of sins before the foundation of the world. He was not surprised by Adam and Eve's sin. God's ultimate purpose was to unite a people with his son. So if you are a Christian, the, the, the New Testament often says, Says you are in Christ. His righteousness is your righteousness. His death is your death. His life is your life. Your sins are covered by his blood. Your imperfections are made clean by his perfections. So you are beautiful in God's sight, not because of your own good works, not because of your own righteousness, not because of your own beauty. You are beautiful in God the Father's sight because Jesus is beautiful in his sight, and we are given by faith the perfection and beauty of Jesus Christ. When God looks at us, who he sees is Jesus Christ. That's why we are beautiful in God's eyes. We are united. We are in Christ. Now, this was God's intention for you, if you are a Christian, before the foundation of the world. And so think about that. think about it this way. You are closer to God. You are, you are more tightly bound to God than Adam and Eve were when they were first created in the garden. Why? Because you are united to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. So Christians are the adopted sons and daughters of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So in, in in God's perfect plan, He has better united us with Himself through Jesus Christ, and all of this is is to the praise of His glorious grace. And so even a, after those seven days of creation, it was you know it was very good, and God rested from His creative work. God was not finished with his ultimate purpose that he had before the foundation of the world. Now, I've kind of you may think, man, he's kind of gone off on a tangent. I thought we were just talking about the day of rest. So what what does all ha- this have to do with this seventh day of rest? Well, if you are a Christian realizing who you are in Jesus Christ will bring rest and peace. In the Old Testament, the Sabbath day of rest was the last day of the week. So all week long the people are working, you know laboring in the fields all that stuff and they're looking forward to a time when they can have rest in the new testament jesus was raised from the dead on the first day of the week on sunday and so for the christian our day of rest is sunday for the christian that's that's our day of rest because and then we work the rest of the week in light of the very first day of rest so in the Old Testament, they're looking forward to a time when they will have rest. In the New Testament, after Jesus comes, then we start with rest. We are If you're a Christian, you are in Christ. There is rest in that. And then the rest of your week should be a reflection of your the first day of your week. So we live and face the trials of life already knowing we are at peace with God. We are resting in Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28, Jesus says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest."